0: welcome to episode 23 of courtside indiana podcast as always i'm jim reamer co-hosting with zach tyler zach how was your week uh
1: another good week winding down here one more full week before we start school the week after
0: And tell us again, what grade level do you teach? And then uh, what are you guys preparing to do school-wise as far as e-learning versus in-person?
1: Yeah, uh, sixth grade, I teach reading and social studies. And uh, as of right now, our first eight days are going to be virtual only. And then we're going to hopefully hop into full classroom go after that, depending on county health officials around here.
0: Are they uh, at at that school you... Middle school or intermediate school?
1: Uh, I'm actually the last grade in our elementary building.
0: Okay, yeah, it's 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 fascinating how different different school systems do it. Hamilton Southeastern Schools, which is right next door to Carmel, they have fifth and sixth grade in one building, seventh and eighth in another, and then high school. Sure. Uh, of course, the high school level, and then Carmel, we've got middle school, six through eight, and high school nine through twelve, and fifth grade still in elementary. So. Um, I'm not sure, I, I think HSE's model is probably the, the, the best, but, um, especially in this environment yeah. where you can, they're segmenting, they're segment able to segment kids, uh, even more at, at a more granular level, but, yes. um, anyway, well, as always, let's get the week started with, uh, with most recent offers. We're going to talk a little bit after that as, uh, with some players I got a chance to see over the weekend. And then we're going to break down the class of 2022 point guards and then uh, maybe with an extra issue or extra item at the end of that. So go ahead with the uh, updated offer uh, news. All
1: right. Uh, Jalen Blackman got an offer from Tulane. Uh, A couple NAI offers here. Cademan Bontrager, a Huntington offer, Landon Jordan, Madonna. Uh, Fletcher Lawyer, who is uh, new to the area up at Homestead in Fort Wayne, uh, got an offer from Notre Dame. He has some other high major offers as well. Uh, he's coming down from Michigan. Uh, Kamari Peterson from Gary West Side got an IUPUI offer. That's his second D one offer. Uh, Leland Walker, Arkansas, Little Rock, and then Blake Wesley got two offers: Missouri, Kansas State, and then we also had Trey Kaufman get the North Carolina offer.
0: Yeah, that's that's the biggest one of the week so far, but or of last week. Um, but yeah, the the Wesley stuff. You know, it's it's curious because he, you know, he kind come of comes out and said he's going to start narrowing things down, and then, then right here, what in the last two, two, three weeks, yeah, he's picked up six or seven more offers. So, um, I don't know if any of those schools will be able to bleed into his top list, but, but he's he's getting to a point where he's starting to wind wind down, and then, the Kaufman North Carolina offer, you know, that's the recruiting process through this COVID stuff, covid as I like to call it, um, has impacted kids in, in a number of ways, you know, and I think it's, for some, it's it's sped it up where they've, especially, you know, these are probably incoming seniors. For some, it's sped it up or sped up a little bit because they have to, are, are they getting opportunities to get seen more at a, at a substantive level to where they're going to get more offers? And then you get a kid like Kaufman, who kind of has control over most of his recruiting because of the demand for his services. um, He's a kid that is probably going to slow his process down because you know they still want to take these kids, still want to take visits. Um, They still want to meet with people face to face, and I don't just mean on Zoom or Facetime, right? Um, And a lot of those things that take place in June visit wise that take place in mid August is going to be well, June's erased mid and August is erased. As far as uh, recruiting goes, as far as visits and being able to meet with the staff go, you can visit a college campus, but you can't meet with the coaching staff. So I'm not sure how much a kid would get and a family would get out of that, but, but everything now is delayed till at least September and for Kaufman, it's going to slow things down for him and for Indiana fans who have sort of worried on the side that North Carolina, Duke, or Kentucky might start to to get a little bit more active in in his recruiting. This is sort of the first domino to drop and and, uh, the first domino to fall. And, you know, their IU fans are worried that he's, quote, taking his, you know, he's waiting or he's delaying his recruiting. And I I think that's just unfair. Um, Not that he listens to what, some of the fan base says, but, um, you know, for a kid like him, he needs to take his time, especially if that's what he wants. And, and all these guys have to make the decision on their own set of criteria and, and COVID's impacted all of that. So, so that's the first, uh, domino to fall as far as the uh, big boys and, and big boys, meaning perception wise, bigger than Indiana. I don't right. know. Is North Carolina bigger than Indiana now?
1: Uh, I think it probably could be. Them and like you were saying, Duke and Duke and Kentucky. I think those, those are the big dogs that you're talking about. Could be waiting around yeah, for. Yeah, I'm,
0: I'm one of, I'm one of those guys that thinks as long as Indiana can control their, their backyard, which I think Archie's starting to do more of, um, that they quickly become. You know, they quickly fall back into elite elite program category, but sure, but I grew up an IU fan. So call it a Homerism, call it rose colored glasses, call it whatever you want. But, but um, you know, if he can, if he can kind of own Indiana a little bit and then recruit regionally, which he's, you know, been able to do with, you know, a guy like Logan Duncan, um, you know, and Jerome Hunter, both those kids from Ohio and uh, Hunter hopefully is held, you know, will have a full healthy season and, and show people his talents um you know miller will coach miller will be able to get indiana back to where it was whenever whatever that means um (laughs) it's, it's, it's yeah it's been up and down for it's been a roller coaster ride for for indiana fans who for 30 years were used to greatness so uh hopefully get they get a chance to get back to that but um yeah, so no real timetable on any of those guys' decision. Was anything there stood out that you wanted to talk more about?
1: Uh, not necessarily with those guys, but maybe guys like Cooper Jacoby or uh, Blake Sicily, even down like Langdon Hatton kind of guys. I mean, their offers have kind of maybe slowed down a little bit or kind of stayed the same. Uh, you see anything going on with those guys soon?
0: Well, I mean, you know, Langdon's got a ton. I mean, and I think that. What did I see? He's got 16 offers. I mean, I'm not feeling real sorry for him. <laughs> I mean, all these guys have all these guys have a lot of offers. I mean, you know, Sisley's one of those guys that, um, and who was the third? Oh, Jacoby. Those two especially, I think, were guys that could there have been or could there be a high major that's willing to take a chance on them? Um, I, I think the answer is Yes. There could be. I think the answer to that gets a little bit more complicated in that coaches don't have this great environment to watch kids to evaluate. Yeah. Um, I think you, if you say both those guys are really solid mid major players, to me that's a compliment. Oh, for sure. You know, and, and if they have higher aspirations or, or if they grew up with higher aspirations, um, you know, sometimes they have to adjust. I don't, you know, I don't have the lowdown on their on their mentality as far as recruiting goes. But, but you know, you look at what Cooper was doing as as a sophomore and junior. I thought, man, if he can have a big summer, you know, might might a high major sneak in and you know go after him. He's six seven, He's he's multi dimensional. Um, you know, he's a kid that. You know, probably still has a lot of skill development that he can improve on, and that's sort of easy at the college level. Um, and he's got a great motor. And and Sicily's a kid at six nine who's skilled. Um, you know, I think uh, if he could put the ball on the floor better from off catches, not necessarily trying to break down his defender, but just getting catches and and sweeping and driving, and um, you know, finishing you know, finishing off the dribble that way. You know, and a guy who can, if he could show that he could guard multiple positions, you know, get caught on a switch and, and be really good, be really effective guarding smaller players. I think then that sort of changes looks, but I think both those guys are in great spots as far as the recruiting goes. Um, but we sort of discussed this before we started recording, and what changes some of this stuff is is the, the post-grad transfers and now with the ncaa considering the rule where kids get a one-time transfer without having to sit yeah it really changes the landscape of recruiting especially those borderline kids you know you had talked about uh kamari peterson too from gary west if i thought that you know the offers he has or does he have enough is at the right level and and he's a kid too i think he's a, a d1 point guard um, I think some of those schools that might be recruiting him might also be hoping to get somebody to transfer to transfer down or transfer up. And if they can get a guy on the transfer market, basically now four year schools are starting to recruit like junior colleges. If they can get guys that can transfer in and that can, you know, really, really impact them, they're going to do that. Um, you know, they're, they're going to take that kid possibly over over just recruiting a kid because they get a little bit more of a you know they they get a little bit more of immediate satisfaction right Uh, junior college was probably a bad it was probably more like the the d1 schools are now starting to recruit like d2 schools where d2 schools sort of hope for transfers you know a lot of those guys build their base by getting d1 transfers who don't want to sit and now you remove that have to sit status and it just changes the landscape and who it who it hurts are the kids that that um, that are borderline, and not just borderline D one, D two, but borderline low major to mid or mid to high. So those three kids uh, that you named are those two kids, two of the three kids you named, plus Kamari. I think are guys that are impacted by that. Um, I, I think Hatton's in really good shape with where he is. Yeah, you know he's a he's a post up guy who can also hit the top of the break three. And now, can he do it at the college distance? It's not that huge of adjustment from high school, but I like his shot mechanics. He's got a quick release, and that's definitely a part of his game that I see easily translates um, with with more work and more experience at the college level. But but um, the but also a guy that he is defensively purely a five at, at definitely at the high major level, and he would. That would be at that point he would be undersized. So, um, and I and I mean undersized in terms of just even ability to to elevate to to play you know on the box the, the box on the backboard to be able to play that high. I've not seen him do that yet. I've seen him hold his position in battle, but okay, you know physically he's a lot like Garza at Iowa, <laughs> except he's not seven feet. <laughs> so. You know, I mean, in in terms of his movement, in terms of his skill set, he's a lot like Luke Garza, you know, and and Garza's seven feet tall. And, you know, his wing, you know, he's, you know, and he's super and and they look a lot alike in in terms of just their how they move and how they play with, you know, on the catch. Uh, It's just that he's he's three inches shorter. So um, I think Hatton's in in a good spot recruiting wise and with 16 offers, he's. I think he feels he'd have to feel pretty good about his situation. So, anything else standing out there?
1: Uh, I don't think so. I mean, uh, the the kids in that kind of area we, we haven't talked about. Michael Ely is about the only one going the right the, uh, route of prep school for his senior year. Right. So we'll have to see how that plays out, and- reading wise.
0: And the Fletcher loyal is deal. I'm not sure we've really touched on that a whole lot. He's he's a kid that moved in from transferred from Michigan uh, down to Homestead. He's he's got what five or six offers right now. Um, He's he's got a good mix of high major and mid major. He's a really good shooter. Uh, He's he's thin, uh, but he gets the ball in and out quickly, and his his releases is kind of out in front of him. And it's kind of a low starting point, so that could be an issue collegiately. Uh, but but playing with Luke Good or Luke Goody there at Homestead, and with the other types of athletes that they've got there, they typically have year in and year out. I mean, Homestead's going to be a key factor this school year. Um, he he's going to be a big part of that. So,
1: yeah, definitely. But
0: um,
1: let me. You want run, I can run. Will, me, I can run through his uh, offer list real quick if you want me to.
0: Yeah, do that. Yeah, if you've got that pulled up.
1: Okay, so Notre Dame, like we just talked about, Missouri, uh, Utah, Nebraska, Michigan, Purdue, Detroit, uh, Denver, and Toledo. Toledo, yeah. That's his list. And
0: the high majors have been the ones that have come on board a little bit more recently. I don't know. I'd like to see him more before I would get comfortable saying he's that level. Um I mean, I've not seen him play live yet, so that's not really a, a good time to evaluate a kid. I saw him play on video, um, and I saw a whole game, not just highlights. Um, I'm just curious about his. I'm curious about his strength. I'm curious about him defensively, and hopefully, get a chance here uh, at some point. Definitely will during the school season, and uh, hopefully in the regional, <laughs> 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 if we if we have a regional. Yeah. But. Um, well, moving on to the, the class of 2022, something happened today that was hoping to get a chance to see, and that was Braden Smith versus Jalen Jackson. And, you know, the Leland Walker offer was another reason why I wanted to talk about this, because what you've got with those three and Tayshawn Comer is you've got four point guards in that class that I think have kind of separated themselves from the other kids at that position in that class. Do you, do you agree with that? Is there anybody else we need to slip in there?
1: Yeah, I, I would, I would totally agree with that. Uh, some guys have kind of maybe peaked now or kind of for the summer, I guess you could say, or, I mean, yeah, like these four guys we're talking about Comer, Jackson, Smith and Walker, they're definitely above the rest right now.
0: You know, and, and, other guys, and we'll break those four guys down. But other guys like Davion Turner's had a good, good summer. At least, a good when I've had a chance to see him play. You'd mentioned you had a chance to see Nick Kleiber play from Bloomington North, uh, at least on video. Yeah, um, I've had a chance to see Travis Grayson play. We both have. I coached a game against him. Um, I saw Hagen Net play, um, and basically, I've seen all of the kids that I would say are in our top. Twelve to fifteen. Brandon Northern, Caden Stanton. Northern's from Silver Creek. Played a ton as on their as a freshman on their state championship team. Started last year on a team that probably would have repeated. Um, Caden Stanton, uh, New Albany, um, was um, played well against Carmel, by all accounts. Which, you know me, that's the end all be all, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, as they beat Carmel, he played. Uh, from what I understand, he played well. You know, and and I mean, I think that's a solid group of kids right there. But I think those four kids—Walker, uh, Tayshon Comer, Jalen Jackson, Braden Smith, and, and Leland Walker—alphabetically uh, speaking, are, are kind of stand out as our top four kids. And and the debate around the area is Comer versus Walker. And Braden Smith needs to be part of that discussion if you if you live in Central Indiana and if you do and you can easily get to Westfield game, you need to do that this this spring or this winter. Uh, but the but the Braden Smith, I, had, I tweeted today, getting getting a chance to watch Braden Smith versus Jalen Jackson. Right now, Jackson was getting the better of the two, but the both were Division One point guard prospects. And then Jalen Jackson's team, which was the Indy Heat Red, their second team. Um completely just throwing away a 13 point lead. Oh geez. And yeah. And and Braden was a big part of that, including the final three free throws where he got fouled kind of a tough call, but, um, you know, defensively, just don't want to put yourself in that situation where you're closing out tight and he took advantage of it. And he, there was contact whether or not he may have initiated it Have to go to the monitor on that one. But, um, but he hit all three free throws, and and Jalen Jackson, who had sort of helped them stem the tide a little bit, because he he was out of the game for some reason. I think they thought they had the game won, and and their coach, who does a good job with them, was just, was just sort of rotating guys in toward the end, and keeping a pretty decent rotation <clears throat> because it was a running clock game. So any you know if you're in an the lead, anytime you sub, you use up more clock. Uh, at least that's how I view it. But um, as that Grand Park team started to climb back into it, next thing you know, they hit a couple threes, get fouled, and now it's a, you know, a two-possession game with, um, I don't know, a minute, whatever, to go. And then Jalen Jackson sort of stemmed the tide a little bit. Uh, but then Braden Smith made some plays, a couple turnovers later, and all of a sudden it was tied. Um, Jackson goes down, gets fouled, with six seconds left and change, hits both free throws. They're up two. No, they're up one at that point. So they weren't tied. They were down one. Jackson hits both free throws to put them up one. Pretty clutch. And then Smith comes down, and gets fouled, shooting a three, misses the three, but then buries three free throws, and they they win by two. Jeez. So, and then they ended up winning the championship game. So, good stuff. You know, I mean, head to head, anybody around here knows I'm a huge Braden Smith fan, and and. But Jalen was better that game. Now as a whole. Now Braden was good down the stretch. And some of that is Braden didn't shoot the ball well. Um where Jalen was missing was was making shots, like finding ways to make shots, like getting getting the basket. Braden was not able to get to the rim in the half court where Jalen was. Um the um Jalen tried to post Braden up. That did not go well for Jalen. <laughs> Both times Braden got his hand on a ball. So it was interesting. Jalen's bigger than, than Braden. He he's bigger. Um by a couple inches. And and while Braden's strong, Jalen probably feels like he's stronger, but it was funny watching Jalen just try to post him up and Braden was having none of it. So it was a good battle. It was fun. I would uh would would like to um have more than just the um the high court camera that they've got there at Grand Park it'd been nice if somebody was there recording that game so people could see it via streaming but it was a good matchup and I thought both both showed well Braden, like I said Braden didn't shoot well um but he just has an incredible vision and when you've got guys like you know you've got Cam Hafner out there hunting shots and the and Thomas Kidd from Cloverdale who's out there hunting shots both those guys are able to score um, and then the the Grand Park team got a really big boost from Alex Covey from Tri West, who scored on some nice dump off plays, but then also defensively he had three possessions in a row with block shot. Wow! In the second half, and that was a big part of their comeback. And he showed some quickness in terms of just his ability to get up up in the air. I've got a nice picture of him pinning it on the glass about halfway up the box. Um, that hopefully I. Hopefully that's clear. I can get that up and and maybe put it on Twitter or some some sort of social media. But um, um, but then the kid that I liked, the other kid that I liked on Indy Heat Reds twenty twenty two team, was Johnny Summers from Evansville Harrison. He's a kid that I got a chance to see down at um, Pocket City Summer League, which is basically in lieu of their school teams having a summer league. And he was one of the handful of kids that played hard the whole time. you know and, and it was um, he was impressive down there and what he showed this weekend was, was just he, his ability to shoot the ball. He, he shot the lights out this weekend and and there was a small stretch there where he was he scored three straight baskets and just he looks good doing it. you know there's not a whole lot, there's not a lot of wasted movement when he has the ball. And, um, so I was impressed with him and, and then Joe Reedy, um, was a kid that I got a chance to see for the first time and, and, and liked the way he played. So he's, he's got some NAI offers if if we're not mistaken. Correct.
1: Yeah. Um, St. Francis, I believe is on him. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so we Wait. sort of blended our topics there, didn't we? Yeah. We went, we went from point guards to kids. I saw this weekend.
1: Yeah. You saw Latham this weekend too. I yeah. liked him, right?
0: I did. Yeah. Let's, let's, might as well finish that out while we're there. He, he's kind of a bulldog now. He's a guy that shoots the ball. Well, has good range, very effective in the paint and not just posting up, very effective at catching, getting one bounce into the paint, finding a way to get the ball up on the glass. And, um, and just really strong kid who does not, does not shy away from contact. He's all about the contact. They run offense through him. He served as a primary ball handler, a few possessions, you know, and I'm not sure that's the way he normally plays, but that's the way he was playing this weekend. And I, I, I was really, I came away being a pretty big fan. I think the Crossroads league is a, a great level for him. Um, you know, but he's a kid that probably can guard multiple positions in that league, and just because I, it's not he's not hugely quick, but he he works at it, and he's not slow. He's not as stiff. Sure, um, but man, he he he's got a great motor. He did a he just looked really good, and I saw a little bit, saw about half of a game yesterday, and then saw about a half of a game today, and both times came away pretty impressed. Um, so. Um but moving back to moving back to point guards, when you watched Team Teague play indie heat Comer versus Walker. Did you have any sense who you thought who you liked better between Walker and Comer? Uh
1: the the times I've seen that or at the time I saw that game was a little bit of back and forth with them. You would see Comer do something good and then you'd see Walker come back and match that or do something better. And then Comer may throw a ball away and Walker would, would do something good on the other end or get a steal from, from Comer or vice versa. It was just a battle between both those guys. Um, I, I feel like Walker maybe is just a little bit better. I know you've, you've talked about Comer defensively, haven't you?
0: Yeah, that's has got the advantage there. I mean, Leland obviously is super quick yeah. and, and can make plays accordingly. But but now, now this is where Tayshan's strength becomes in my perception not a weakness, but just a caution. Like we talked when those two guys play. I don't know if we talked about it on here, if it was just you and me talking off the you know, before we recorded. The things that Walker did well in that game, he's gonna be able to do well. In college. Yeah. Which is snake, snake through defenders, get the ball up on the glass, and and not really be – you know, certainly – I mean, bigger bodies will, will create some issues. No no question. But he's also got a nice floater game, um, and he, he's elusive, very elusive. Comer relies a lot on strength. And against Walker, he's stronger than Walker and it's not that walker's not strong it's just that comer's stronger he's got a stronger frame so when he gets walker on his body in the paint again the, this is the game we we both got a chance to see streaming yeah when he gets his body on walker in the paint with the ball he's going to be able to still get his shot off walker's a little walker's the same same height as him and it, but it, but comer's going to have the physical advantage when they're body to body if it's about playing in space or playing in not only I don't mean playing in space in terms of, I should probably rephrase it. If it's about playing in tight spaces, I think the way Walker gets through traffic is more effective, especially when it comes to playing against bigger defenders and by bigger defenders, I don't just mean the guys guarding them, but I also mean the guys that are in the paint rotating over and, and helping. I, I, to me, I thought the things that Walker does translates better than what Comer does, and and it's a it's a small degree. Neither one of these guys are piling in high major offers. I I think Walker with the Xavier offer sort of stands out. Um, I think there's going to be more where that came from, and you know they but they both have solid mid major offers, and, and you know but then you look at Braden Smith versus Jalen Jackson. Both those guys to me are division one point guards. Absolutely, period. yeah. And I like Braden still has the best vision in that class. And and definitely of those four he has the best vision. And I was really impressed with, with Jalen Jackson finding people this weekend. Um but he also had some of the same elusiveness that Leland Walker did now or has shown. Now you've seen Jalen play with Indy Heat's top team, correct?
1: Correct. Okay,
0: what were you were you able to figure anything out about like things you liked or didn't like, when he played them for uh, them?
1: When when he played for them, I feel like he did a very good job of distributing the ball in, in those kind of games, or he knew when it was his time to take it to the basket and finish, or pull up for the three. Uh, he. He wasn't a selfish player. He just he knew when to pick his spots, I feel like, especially playing with those kind of with with the CJ gun. And when uh, Deontay Davis, those kind of kids, I mean, I felt like he fit in really well with those guys.
0: And, And then today or this weekend, he's completely in hunt mode. He was hunting shots. He was getting downhill. He was he was always in attack mode. And like I said, even trying to post Braden up, even though those possessions didn't go well, he just was he wanted the ball. Now, this was a kid that I saw the first game of the year against Penn, the school season against Penn. And, you know, there were times definitely in transition where he got the paint, got fouled. He spent a lot of time at the free throw line that game. So I'm going to sit here and say, you know, he, he looked more aggressive later in the year when he played Carmel. He did. Um, I just think Carmel was a better defensive team than Penn and, and had more defensive weapons oh, yeah, than sure. Penn did. Sure. And... So for Jalen to be effective against Carmel, I mean, their their chances of winning that game against Carmel, Carmel jumped out to a pretty decent-sized lead. Carroll sort of chipped away at it, and then Jalen Jackson got hurt, and from that point it was just like, yeah. even though Carroll did get it to one or two possessions, just never thought that they were going to get over the hump without Jalen. Um, I, think, I think I remember that correctly, that he sprained his ankle and didn't get a chance to play the final few minutes, if not final quarter. Yeah. Um, but today I just was really impressed with his ability to get in pain. And, and the, the Grand Park team has good size. You know, they, they've got good size. They've, they've got the Covey kid that I mentioned who's six, six and, and a decent athlete. They've got a couple of six, five wings. Um, and then they've got Isaiah Davis, who, who's about six, eight. Um, and not, not a rim protector, definitely not as physical as what Covey showed. Uh, was was really impressed with that kid, and we've been calling him Covey the whole time. It's, it's probably Kobe, but we'll we'll figure that out. <laughs> um, our apologies to, to to Alex and his family if, if I'm butchering his last name, but but really impressed with 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 Jackson this weekend. And, and Braden didn't play poorly. Just I've seen the kid so much, I, I'm not surprised by much by him now. I mean, he's um, there's times where I still think he needs to shoot more, you know, and, um, he got in, he got in the paint a couple of times and could have put up shots and instead made, just found people made unselfish plays. And in one time, I know if I was coaching, I would have jumped him for not shooting it. He, he kicked it out to the corner and, and that guy made the plus one pass. And the guy that caught it, the next pass was hit a three, you know, so, um, Hard to hard to dispute that type of decision making, but but there's also times where he's given up easy, easier opportunities because he's just so unselfish, and and he's trying to find people when he could have just as easily put up a little floater. Sure. Um, and I, I think that's the part of his game I'd like to see more is that that mid range paint game because that's going to make a difference between him being able to score bigger players. Um. Because at some point, when teams scout, they're going to scout out that he's just pass, pass first, and pass second. Um, it's a lot like Johnny Marlin was the, when he played in high school. No matter what, when he put the ball on the floor, he was looking to pass. There was no, no if-ands or buts about it. So, especially when he got in the paint, always passing when he got in the paint, and you could kind of scout that out a little bit. So. Um
1: he turned out to be a pretty good player at IWU.
0: He did, yeah, no doubt. <laughs> no doubt. And that's a kid that, that's a kid that had he not walked on at in Indiana probably could have played his recruiting out a little bit longer and um, you know, could have I mean he, I think he could have been a low D one player. Um and still found what he was looking for academically. Right. And so but you know, to each his own. That's I'm not questioning any of that. Just want people to understand
1: how good Marlon was. Oh right, <laughs> I guess that's, yeah.
0: That's the only reason. That's the only reason to bring that up. Yeah, he he was a heck of a player. So well, I'm
1: I'm a big Jalen um, Jackson fan now. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna have to get over to Carroll and see a game or two this year.
0: Yeah, I mean he's I like and defensively he's a tough kid. I know. Early on, he was scoring against. Um, nah, I'm gonna forget who was guarding him, but uh, Braden's dad, Dustin, who coaches him, Dustin played Division One basketball when he was in college, and and I could read his I could read his his lips from across the court, saying, "You're gonna have to guard him now." <laughs> and he put so he put Braden over on Jalen, then Jalen got subbed out, so we didn't get to see it for a while. Nah. That was in the first half, um, but Jalen kind of had his way, and and. They had some really they had a really interesting rotation, kind of around the three minute mark, and Grand Park got hot, and the Indy Heat Red team started turning it over, and Grand Park figured out a way to get to get it uh, to get the W down at the at the very last second. So, so anyway, so good weekend. I got a chance to see some kids I hadn't seen yet. Um, I know that. Uh, you were talking about coming down. We probably could have doubled up. You were, you were missing, you were missing what happened over at best choice. Yeah,
1: I know it. Darn it.
0: I don't want to get too deep into what happened, but, but in terms of just overall matchup, that EG 10 Indiana elite game ended up being sort of a, sort of a thrilling game. Uh, That would have been a good game to get to. Um, But I've seen those guys a lot, both those teams quite a bit. So, I was much better suited for our purposes uh, watching the games at grand park this weekend and, and next weekend we're back at it and we're playing and and I don't know who else is in the field, but um, hopefully we'll both get a chance to be at games next weekend and and see some more guys we've not seen or not seen enough of. So definitely anything else you want to cover player wise Did we miss anybody or anything Uh, Anybody to play that down here that you wanted to know more about that maybe I haven't, that I didn't cover uh,
1: you mentioned DJ Allen playing well didn't you from Leo
0: he I did yeah I liked him yeah he you know he was a kid look he's a secondary catch guy he's a secondary scoring option he's going to be a drop he's going to be a rim run guy he's going to be he's going to be a drop-off guy um, I don't think he's going to be a guy that that they post up I'm starting to see more um, and I'm going to forget the guy's name now let me get my iPad real quick starting to see more now of why how leo beat fort wayne lures in the uh sectional game uh because i mean dj Allen. i don't know what kind of impact he had but you know certainly his size um and then it's aiden Rubel who played well this weekend for for indy heat red um shot the ball well at least and really when jackson's not in the game he's their point guard or at least he was today so he, he did a lot of primary ball handling for that team today. Between Ruble and Allen and, and some of the other kids, I know they've got um, incoming seniors that I could start to see why now they were able to beat Lures, um, which was a team I had going all the way to state championship game. So saw Nalen Thompson this weekend, speaking of Lures. He was okay. Um, I know they got beat pretty easily by – like a grand park second team with, um, with your um, who's your guy that you like from uh, Greencastle green castle. Whose name now escapes my head um, oh, Brody Whitaker. Yeah. Brody was really good this weekend. It's Surprising how well he, he scores all three levels yeah. at high school at the high school level, all three levels. And he's a, he's a strong kid. He reminds me a lot. Doesn't post up as much, but physically, it reminds me a lot of Jordan Widener who played yeah, at yeah. Indiana Wesleyan. Yeah. Physically, probably more skilled, more a better shooter, at least at the high school level. Um, but I mean, wasn't I mean Widener had a hell of a career at Indiana Wesleyan, wasn't? And it wasn't he not all American.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I think yeah, he, I don't. He got drafted uh, in the Canadian league too. I think first.
0: <laughs> so there you go. Uh, you know, Whitaker's a guy that's gonna go gonna be able to play in the crossroads league and, and definitely by a sophomore year be an impact player. I just think the way he the way he can score um handles the ball pretty well. He could he could handle he could, he could be a primary ball handler against good matchups, like if the matchup called for it. Um good strength. I think he's stronger than what some of these coaches thought, just getting a deeper chance to watch him this summer. 'Cause some of the NAIA guys are starting to leak out a little bit now. There was a there was a decent there's been a decent contingency of NAIA coaches the last three weeks. Um and he you know, it's just he was he was impressive. That was my first great chance to watch him play. And he, he didn't disappoint. So um Alan was Allen was nice, good hands. I liked his motor and and he was he just He's not going to be a guy you come down post-up and get in the ball, at least not against higher-level competition. Um, some of Leo, I could see in some of Leo's games where he's the biggest guy on the court, definitely, but he's definitely going to be able to impact the, the game on the glass. He's definitely going to be able to impact the game on ball-screen action, and and he's definitely going to be able to impact the game off penetration. His guy helps, and he gets a catch and a finish. So, um And defensively, he did a really nice job of protecting the rim. So, um, that's it as far as players. I think we're going to focus on 2022, 2021 kids. I think if we bled into 2023 kids, um, we start to run a little long. Yeah. But um, we're going to try and break down a position a a week, right? That's what we're going to do now.
1: I think i would be good.
0: I think we're going to lump in. Centers and and fours and fives maybe, which so now we've so now we've created twelve weeks of solid content. There we go. So which which will, which will get us to the season almost it seems like it should yeah, if we have a season. Um, but this week it, so it was twenty twenty two point guards, and again we thought Leland Walker, Braden Smith, Jalen Jackson, Tayshon Comer, sort of the the top four, and then you get that mix of. Davion Turner, Travis Grayson, Nick Kliber, um, then Hagen Knapp and uh, Brandon Northern and Caden Stanton. Um, and then a host of guys that are sort of in that scholarship range mix. Yeah. You know, the D3, D2, yeah. NAIA yeah. kid. Yeah, I think we'd, we'll do a better job as they get older of splitting up, splitting out the D3s. Um, but you know, really impressed with the group of kids that that I saw today, and and I, I think they're further sort of solidifying themselves at the point guard spot as as those are the four guys that are sort of the the cream of the crop. So, is but there's a couple of other guys that have a chance to slip in there.
1: Sure, is Nep is Nepa one at the next level? Do you think is he a is he a one now? What does he do for Barre? Do you know?
0: Well, statistically, he's it was great. I, you know, I got the impression with all the stuff that Coach Thompson was sending up that that Nep was their guy. You know, was their the sophomore point guard that that was really surprising people, uh-huh. really surprising outsiders. Um, I know I've seen a couple of places where he's not listed as a point guard or a primary ball handler, but um, you know, I don't know how. It, well, you know, when I got a chance to watch those guys play, Nep's playing up.
1: Yeah. Year. Yep.
0: They sh- they struggled. Right, you know, they struggle with Indiana, lead, Indiana leads top team. They struggle with the quickness. They struggle with with the size. Um, you know, we look at a kid like Connor Hickman, and we think, man, he's six two. Is he going to be able to, you know, is he going to be able to compete in Missouri Valley at six two? Blah blah blah. You know, the you know, and we think Hagan Nep is tall for a point guard, but you know, Hickman was you know noticeably better, and he's a year older than Nep. But but also Nep, it was hard to figure out it was hard to differentiate who, which was whom, especially in fast motion between the, the two bar reef kids. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah. Cause when I saw but, him in Lafayette I, he didn't really stand out much to me. Uh, his teammate, yeah. teammate Bryson Graber actually did more to me. And a lot
0: of the stuff that I got from coach Thompson was, was a lot of nap, a lot of Keegan O'Neill, and every now and then Graber. Yeah. And you know, I mean, Barre is really good. You know, they're going to be really good this year because obviously, as O'Neal graduates, they 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 just bring in, you know, they just bring in hope, and you know, Kurt's going to step in and basically probably be a better version of of O'Neal. Um, not that O'Neal is a bad version because he's going Southern in Southern, Southern Indiana, but um, you know, Barre is going to be a huge factor. This year in the, the and the school season, so and that's going to be a big part of that. But yep. but I think when you're comparing kids to that position, I don't know. I I wonder if he's got the requisite quickness, um, you know, at a scholarship level to play that position, and if he won't be more effective off the ball. But um, I'm sort of jaded, sort of not jaded, but sort of prejudiced by his statistics to think that. You know, he probably is a primary ball handler for Reeves, so we just might as well lump him in with our point guard. So sure. I think we get a chance to see them play more. Um, you know, we'll, we get a chance to learn more about him. So it'd be nice if we get a Southern Indiana guy to really help us through these steps. But yeah, uh, really, keep working on it. We'll right. figure it out. So, <laughs> well, unless you've got anything else, anything that we've we've not covered. From a player standpoint, I, don't, I think we're about ready to wrap this up. Yeah, I don't
1: think any players. Uh, we, we got everybody covered, I think, that we wanted to talk about.
0: What's on your agenda for this week? You said this is your last week of, of summer vacation. Well, last week of summer so, well, vacation. That we, we that, that we think.
1: Yeah, right, right. Uh, just going to try to lay low, relax, wait for the grind to start again.
0: Yeah. All right, well. Yeah, this week NBA is back. We've got Houston and Milwaukee on TV right now as we're recording Sunday night. Oh yeah, so that's good. Um, changes the landscape here for me a little bit, so it gives me keeps me off the streets and <laughs> and um, gets me in front of big screen TVs at uh, uh, for dinner every night watching basketball. With there's about four or five of us that kind of go out three four nights a week and and watch NBA. I they. I probably watch it more than they do, but, uh, but it gives them an excuse to get out of the house and, and gives me an excuse to get out of the house. So, yeah. but yeah, hopefully we're headed back to normal. Um, it's uh we're probably on the edge right now, aren't we? We have somewhere between four and a half and five stages, right? With the state.
1: Yeah. I think sounds like uh, that. this is
0: our week, our weekly COVID sports update. Yeah. <laughs> 4.5. Yeah. the um, There's some rumors that they were going to dip back into four. And that may have been something that Holcomb said. And again, they're keeping their eye on, on uh, bars and restaurants and, and as well as sports. Yeah. So the, the two things that I do well.
1: Yeah. Cause, so cause Michigan's gone backwards in that, that area. Have they? Yeah. Yeah. They've had to, to close down the bars again. Well, if alcohol was their main main income, then they've had to shut that down.
0: Yeah, I don't know. It's I'm not against it. I'm not. I just know I keep to a pretty small circle, and and I think outside of that, I think the probably the worst thing I do is spend time with nine teenagers and play basketball. You know, and coach basketball. Yeah. So, but. Well, that, that wraps it up for this week. Um, as always, our podcast can be found on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Hopefully, you guys will give us a chance to give give us a review and and subscribe to our podcast via one of those two things. Um, this is Jim Reamer, Zach. As always, appreciate your uh, appreciate your input and your participation. Yeah, thank you. And until next week, you guys. Thanks for listening.